It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, being part of the show. Uh, reminder, you can hear us in multiple places. Just not tune in. And so let me go through, the, count the ways of how you can tune in <laughs> and follow this station without using TuneIn. Uh, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The 106.9 The Fan mobile app and 106.9thefan.com. 1069thefan.com. All one word. And that's how you can listen to this station, our show, and other programs that happen on this station throughout the day. Uh, that's the best way, most sure way to listen to the show. Uh, and if you miss one of our shows, one of our shows, or uh, that, that we've done, or in interviews that, uh, with players or coaches that we've done, you can find past episodes also on our website, also on our mobile app, and other places where you subscribe to podcasts. And um, we make it available so you can listen on your time when it's convenient for you. But uh, yeah, the, the tune-in thing is... Working s- on it. Yeah. We're, we're still working on it. It's super frustrating for us. We're aware of it. Really, I mean, do us all a favor and avoid it if you can. <laughs> some it's better anti- for us. It's better for you. Some anti-tune-in stuff rolling in here. <laughs> yes. Understandably, though, sometimes. Uh, I do have a couple of texts we want to get through. Um, we were talking about the Skyline Conference it dissolving in uh, 8968. Uh, Texan says, the year, the year the old Skyline Conference basically dissolved, which obviously 1961 was the last year, uh, schools like Utah, BYU, Wyoming, Colorado State all got together and helped form the old WAC. Uh, Utah and BYU got together with other schools and blackballed the Aggies, which, yeah, that's something that happened, and that's a can of worms we don't have time to get into today, uh, the, the history of that and the ramifications, the long-term ramifications of that. But uh, 9315, he texts in. He texts in just as we were talking about the ways we can listen. He says, what about in-person listening to the fan? When can that happen? <laughs> uh that might be a while. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll like put video cameras in here, but the studio is not really uh, conducive to putting video cameras in as it's as uh, is. Well, we we can, and it's something that has been on our radar. It's not really like a good angle though. Like we something put, like, that we want to do, you have I don't to know. mount it. it would just... Yeah, you'd mount it somewhere, but like I don't know if there's a good angle to get. Well, we're we were laying out plans to do like a really significant remodel for our studios. Oh. And then COVID hit. Yeah, and that really set us back on a couple of things. Gotta gotta crunch those budgets after that. Yeah. Um. Then one more, and then we'll probably start to get into our NFL predictions. Uh, five eight seven nine said, uh, for the football Mountain West championship journey, we needed we need to outscore Air Force and beat Boise at home. 
at home, the the Boise game is the biggest problem. Uh, that game is yeah, yeah Boise is yeah, it's in, at Boise. Yeah, it's at Boise. So it's at at their home. You do tend to need to outscore teams to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a prerequisite. Outscore Air Force. Yeah. And beat Boise at beat home. Beat Boise in Boise. Boise is the biggest problem. Yeah, that is true. Boise is the biggest conference problem. But are they? I mean, they're they're in a shambles right now. They don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah, that's true. So Air, Air Force could end up being the biggest problem. But the weird thing is, the two times Utah State's appeared in the Mountain West Championship game, they lost to Boise that year. Yes. In both of those years, 2013 and this past year, they lost to Boise. Kind of badly, I think, in both years. Depends on what your definition is of badly is for <laughs> last year. but Yes, but they lost. Yeah, that, that's what it mattered. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> That's the college stuff. Uh, one last thing about college stuff. Let's give away some tickets to a college game. Ah, yes. Shall we? So Utah State is taking on Weber State this weekend. And we gave away some tickets just the other day. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was related to the Utah state Weber State series. And uh, this, this giveaway will be somewhat similar. So we have a, a pair of tickets to Saturday's game. And reminder, to win these tickets, you have to call the studio. Yeah, and don't call the text line. Right, they are different. If you call a text line, it's just going to show up, like, oh, somebody called, and then we'll it, ignore we it. We can't answer it. No. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. So you need to call the the studio phone line, which remind them what that is, because I can never remember for some reason. 435-752-1069. I need to put that on a Post-it and stick it on my computer. <laughs> That way I can remember it. Yeah, I should. should actually do that during one of the breaks because I have the text proud. line on the computer. That's that's written there in front of me, but I don't have the phone line. So here's here's what we're going to ask of you in order to win this pair of tickets. Uh, there are a number of connections between Utah State and Weber State. We've already talked about the Meacham brothers. Uh, there are a lot of players from inside the state playing it. They were on, you know, uh, they were on similar high school rosters, and a lot of guys from in-state that'll be seeing the f- the field together. But there are connections on the coaching staff as well. David Fiafia is a coach for Weber State. Um, he is uh, um, he's. Um, He's coaching for Weber State right now. He's on their sidelines. Uh, he was uh, he's their tight ends coach right now. But when when did he play at Utah State? He's a, a player who formerly played at USU. So if you can call in and correctly identify when David Fia Fia was uh, a, a standout football player uh, for Utah State. Um, we can get you some tickets to go see the Aggies take on Weber State. So he he spent time as a graduate assistant, but he also played. And I'm looking for when he played. So when did David Fia Fia play for Utah State? When was he a letter a four year letterman for the Aggies? So you got to give like a year range, or you, if it's within that time, if you can mention a year. One of the four years. One of the four years when David Fia Fia was a running back at Utah State, that would qualify. 
So one of the four years where he did carry, he may have been here five possibly if he redshirted. But we'll say one of the four years where he uh, actually played for the team. Yes. Because there are four years in which he had carries uh, for the team. His senior year was actually his most significant year. Fiafia had uh, 967 yards his final year at Utah State. So, yeah, if you can guess one of the four seasons, his first year he played in 11 games. Um, well, they say he's a, he's a running back. He actually kind of started out as a wide receiver because his first year he caught 31 catches. He only had three rushing attempts. And then he actually ran the ball a bit more his second his two other years. And actually, fun thing, his senior year, he had 967 rushing yards, but also 310 receiving yards. So, kind of a dual threat running back, which they haven't rolled through Utah State very often. Uh, Kervin Williams is another one. There's probably a few more. Uh, you know, so he had a 1,200 scrimmage yards his senior season, combined rushing and receiving. Um. Five three three eight text in says, "Isn't Gary Anderson also on Weber's staff in some type of advisory capacity?" I think that may be correct. Um, I can't remember for certain, but I feel like I remember that. Just him not necessarily maybe being an official assistant coach, but some kind of, you know, some some. Some advisory capacity, as five three three eight kind of uh, uh, mentions. I'm not. I'm trying to do a quick Google search. Yeah, it actually looks like uh, it's a 2021 article mentions Weber State um, bringing on uh, Gary Anderson, but I don't know if he's still there. Yeah, so there's some 2021 articles. I could maybe try and. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Um, yeah, I'm not finding anything. So I don't know if he's still there. It did happen. Gary Anderson did go to Weber State in, in some capacity, but I can't say if he's still at Weber State. May have, may have just been a one-year thing. I'm not sure. Um, I believe we did have somebody call in, and I think they got the answer correct. We're going to wait for Eric to rejoin. He's still fielding some calls. Unfortunately, somebody got it correctly, and so some people who called after – uh, just a little too late. Yeah, that's right. Not quite on there. Okay, so, so, yeah, the, the trivia question winning being when did David Fiafia play for Utah State, uh, current coach yeah. uh, on the staff for Weber State, trying to name one of the years where uh, Fiafia played, one of his four years. It was all after the year 2000. There were a couple of, there were so it is somewhat recent. Within the last 22 years. And obviously he had the one big year for Utah State where he was a big part of uh, one of Utah State's teams. It was one of the two years uh, they were in the Sun Belt. Let's see. I'm trying to – oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. I was trying to find the Utah State summary of that year. Yeah, so they had some – yeah, some of this history. My my Utah State history knowledge of specifics doesn't go back super far. So when Eric brought him up, I was like, wait a minute, who? Because some of the other, you know, good running backs for Utah State that I remember there, you know, the Emmett Whites, the Robert Turbins, um, 
couple others that I'm suddenly blanking on their names. Um, some from the 90s. And then I recognized a few names from the 1960s because I looked up. I was looking into some of those 1960s teams. Uh, it was like two years ago I looked into them. And so I remembered a few of the names. But, Eric, you're back, and I believe somebody has won. <laughs> yeah, these are hot items. So I'm sorry I had to leave you hanging there for a while. No, I was able to mostly stumble through it. Uh, yeah, congratulations to Craig. Craig uh, was the the first to correctly identify the time period in which David Fiafia was a, a great running back for USU. And that was between 2000 and 2003. And um, he he did a lot for the Aggies, mostly running back, but he caught the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I believe he did some stuff on uh, on returns, part of the return game. But uh, David Fiafia had a great career at Utah State. Uh, came back as an offensive graduate assistant, and now he's a tight ends coach at Weber State. Uh, kind of a sad story. I don't know all the details, but I think one of his uh, children um, has cancer. It's a, a tough story there, um, but it'll be uh, good to have him back in the stadium here where a lot of fans can uh, remember him and his time here and show their out, outpouring of support for he and his family. But a lot of calls coming through, a lot of different guesses, but David... Excuse me, Craig. Craig was the first one to get it correct on the time that uh, David Fiafia was a great running back at Utah State. Yeah, I said the big year was 2003. That was the one time he had more than 200 yards rushing. He had two different seasons with 300 yards receiving. That was the interesting thing is that talk about him as a running back, but his first season as a freshman, he ran the ball only three times, but he had 31 catches. That last year he kind of combined running for 900 yards, had like 300 Receiving yards, so he had 1,200 yards from scrimmage. Probably one of only a handful of real dual-threat running backs Utah State's had in quite a while. Like, Kerwin Williams is probably maybe the only other one. Yeah, and he wasn't – I mean, he's not a big guy. He was pretty small, but he was versatile and shifty and uh, had, a, had a nice career uh, for USU. Um, yeah, over uh, you know, over 1,000 yards on his career, nine touchdowns, but um, – 80 receptions for 700 yards and a couple of touchdowns, too. Yeah, so 1,900 scrimmage yards in a career, which is good. Yeah. So, anyway, that's our uh, one of the many Utah State-Weber State connections going into uh, this this Saturday's matchup. Um, can I can we play a little bit of audio just it, on that? If you really want to. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the NFL in just a minute. <laughs> But Hayden Meacham was made available. Uh, they did press. Weber State held a press conference, and you know we heard from his brother Wade, who plays for the Aggies. But um, you know Hayden actually played some defensive end in high school, and really liked playing that position. Now he plays the tight end position for Weber State. He's an all-conference player at that position. He's a good player. Uh, but. There's been a little bit of smack talk going around about maybe he could get in for at least one play to line up against his brother. This is what he had to say about it. I've talked a little bit to Coach Hill about it, and he's been joking about it with me a little bit. Um, I know my dad would love to see it. My mom said she's going to go to the bathroom if that happens because she doesn't want to see it. (laughs) So if, if the opportunity comes up, I would love it. If not, I know I have a role to do on offense, so... You know, either way, I'd be excited just to get out there and play his team. 
Okay, and here's what his coach, just as Jay Hill, what he said about the possibility of some Meacham on Meacham crime Saturday night in uh, on Merlin Olsen Field. I got to decide if he's really going to win that battle. If, he, if I think he's going to win one on one on a critical third down, heck yeah, we'll put him in there against his brother. <laughs> I would have loved to have gone against my older brother. So um, it's it's an opportunity for the, the younger brother to finally get. Uh, get one up on the older brother so well who knows what will happen i feel like he was taking that question way too seriously <laughs> it's like you know if, if he's who gonna knows? make a difference on third down then yeah except he won't he couldn't line up as a defensive end because meacham plays guard if you're a defensive end you're lining up that far inside well you're not a defensive end anymore <laughs> no. you're a defensive tackle yeah uh yeah i think the uh th- there may be a bit of a size difference there too how, how big is hayden um. Oh, how I, I close out of screens right before you ask me. The Come questions. on, why would you do that? <laughs> I know. Now I gotta Google it myself. Uh, we'll get to it. I'm almost there. You may get to it before I do. Or it's a race now. Uh, the, the rack, Hayden might be taller if, based on the height listing. I think Meacham's Hayden. <laughs> Hayden or uh, Wade, I think is six three six three six four. Hayden's listed at six five. Although Wade definitely has him on weight, because I think he's close to 300 pounds, and Hayden's listed at 245, which is not, typical of a tight end. You're yeah. going to be around that weight for a tight end, then interior guards are going to be bulkier in the 300-pound range. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's not not too far off. Not too far off. 245 is typical for a defensive end in a lot of uh, smaller schools. Like Utah State's defense, like, Grichik's, I think, like 240, maybe even 230. He's not a very big guy. Yeah, he's not a very big guy. And I don't think Vaughn's is that much. I don't know if he breaks too high over 240 himself. He's definitely, uh, they're they're using speed over power. Yeah. You don't get these 270 defensive ends in the Mountain West that can also, you know, run like a 4-5. Right. The kind that you get in the SEC. and power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five three three eight. Isn't Gary Anderson also on Weber's, Weber's staff in some si- type of advisory capacity? Yeah, I, I read that out, and I, I talked about how they brought him on last year. I just couldn't confirm if he was still there. Right. Yeah. I I know he was doing that last year, uh, but I yeah I don't know if he's still there. Um, we'll see if we can find that. He, they didn't list him in the connections. Yeah, I tried to see. If and he I don't was... know how many advisors they would list anyway. Yeah. I don't know if those are even paid positions, so he's not going to show up on the coaching staff. It's kind of hard to to nail those down. All right, because he has limited – there are limits as to what he can do on the field with the players and in practices and things like that. So it's – it's. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they wouldn't list him in the notes like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, interesting side notes there. But again, congratulations to uh, to Craig. He got the the uh, answer for David Fia Fia, uh, two thousand to two thousand three. Uh, we'll take a timeout here on the Full Court Press, and let's just finish off some of our thoughts about the NFL. Mean and, begin them? Well, we we, <laughs> we kind of flirted with them the start of last hour, uh, and then we have some other updates that we want to get through. Uh, with other things that are going on. And a little bit later on, we'll have our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend. 435-339-0321 if you want to continue to chime in here on the Full Court Press. 
Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. Head to Daryl's today for a deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance, and we have a GE front load laundry pair with a 4.8 cubic foot washer and a 7.8 cubic foot dryer for only $17.96 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance, service and sales west on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis. A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Grantham Mobile Automotive is fast and affordable. Come to you whether your vehicle is at your home or if your car got left stranded at work or left you stranded somewhere uh, or somewhere else. Maybe at school, but uh, give him a call. He'll come to where your car is or come to where you need that service to take place. 435-229-4345. So the NFL kicks off tonight. It's uh, 620 on NBC. As you heard the promo uh, there during the break, we're going to have the uh, the Cardinals, Chiefs and Cardinals game on the fan over the weekend on Sunday. And uh, that'll be fun to have a number of NFL games part of our weekend lineup here on the fan. But as we kind of look at the the upcoming season, we already talked a little bit about who we predict could be there in the uh, at the end of the Super Bowl. Um, I I feel like it's kind of a cop out, but in the end, there's a a reason why I kind of agree with a lot of others that it's my mind the Rams and the Bills 
uh, it, at, when it comes down to it. But, Jason, who do you see in the Super Bowl? So one of my rules is try and never pick the two, either of the two teams who were in last year's Super Bowl. I do actually break this rule for myself this year, mainly because I just have a hard time seeing anybody other than the Rams coming out of the NFC. It'll probably happen, but I'm just not seeing it. Out of the AFC, I will never attempt to depend upon the Bills to do anything good. <laughs> and them being the overwhelming favorites, I don't see them making the Super Bowl especially given their playoff performances where they're always coming up short, specifically to the Chiefs. Mm. That's who I have making the Super Bowl. I have them. I think a lot of people are down on them more than they should be. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to end up with a number one seed, maybe not even the two seed, depending on how much the AFC West kind of cannibalizes itself. But I think they'll come through in the playoffs. They got the best quarterback. The only other argument is maybe Josh Allen, but Patrick Mahomes has performed the best, at least in the AFC playoffs. He's had some dubious Super Bowl performances but I like the Chiefs to come out of the AFC and I just I can't be confident in the Packers because they consistently fail in the playoffs and the Buccaneers may just be too beat up and I don't think anybody else in the NFC maybe if the 49ers they could I think be the surprise so I was always going to ask you who would you see as a dark horse candidate that maybe could surprise and uh, and be there in contention. Yeah, it would be the 49ers. Because if Trey Lance is solid, 49ers could very easily get him. Because 49ers made the NFC title game with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's decent. And so if Trey Lance is able to be decent and maybe open up the offense a little bit more and add a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo did, even if maybe the performance level is similar, 49ers could make a couple more plays, be in the Super Bowl. For me, uh, this is a... This is an outside shot, but I would go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Just the, the the kind of momentum that they started to build at the tail end of last year. And Jalen Hurts gets more confidence in that role. Um, just see how that continues to develop. That could be an interesting dark horse candidate that people shouldn't overlook. Yeah, I don't trust Jalen Hurts enough to make enough plays in the playoffs. Kind of for a similar reason why I may not be picking the Ravens. If I didn't go with the Chiefs, I might almost go with the Ravens out of the AFC. Hmm. Maybe the Bills after the Chiefs, but Ravens kind of up there. Just because I like to be contrarian because that's my philosophy. Because sometimes you have to be contrarian because then you're almost more likely to be right. Because if you pick the consensus favorites, the consensus favorites never make it in. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't deliver. Yeah. See, it's it's like picking your March Madness bracket. You have to like just pick upsets somewhere because they're going to happen. That's right. So that's uh, kind of my thoughts. So. So your your dark horse out of the uh, out of the AFC would be it'd be the Ravens. The Ravens. Because I can't pick the Bills to be my dark no. horse. <laughs> see, for me, I, I, I'm uh, I've been thinking a lot about the Chargers. Just more experience with Herbert. Um, that team with that coach, um, I know they've they've fallen short a few times here recently, but I just I want to pick Kansas City. I want to pick uh, Baltimore, but with Kansas City, uh, Tyreek Hill's not there anymore, and that could be really problematic. Not having that option, uh, and is Lamar Jackson going to be able to stay healthy? down the stretch 
but just more time in the in the NFL system, I think that uh, Herbert could be somebody that could be make it interesting in the AFC. So you want to know my thoughts on the Chargers? I was picking through and I was looking at who are the most overrated and underrated teams. You know how I picked as my most overrated team? <laughs> Chargers? The Chargers of Los Angeles of maybe Anaheim of Los Angeles of Angels of Anaheim. Of Carson. <laughs> of Carson. <laughs> yeah, the, the L.A. Chargers might be the most overrated team. I may have gone with the Bengals for that because I actually think there's a decent chance the Bengals missed the playoffs. Um, Super Bowl hangovers are a real thing, especially for the team that loses. There's other parts about the Bengals that worry me. Uh, but for the Chargers... Not only is there the history of always failing. <laughs> That's going against them. You know, you know which team missed the playoffs last year? With Justin Herbert? <laughs> with that coach? The Chargers. It was all learning experience to prepare them for this year. Herbert wasn't the problem. <laughs> That's the thing. And I know I believe they missed the playoffs on like the last game of the season. But Herbert wasn't the problem. You know, he was throwing for he threw for five thousand yards last season. Just barely, but he did it. And in seventeen games. But like he wasn't the problem. Maybe he can learn and be a little bit better. But the path to the playoffs got harder for them. And they didn't get significantly better. They did add a corner out of New England who will help the, help their defense. But it's not like they added a superstar corner. He wasn't a superstar, he was a good corner. Right. So it got harder for them. Are they going to beat the Chiefs once or twice? Are they going to beat the Raiders twice? Are they going to beat the Broncos twice? Because they'd have to do just about that. You know, if they split, they're almost at risk of missing the playoffs. If they split with each of those teams. It's a really tough path. And so they'll be lucky to win four games. Might not even win four games in their division out of the six they play. Then the rest of the AFC, the Ravens are going to have, you know, an easier time. Maybe the Steelers, even though they're not probably as good as the Chargers, their record may end up being better. The Patriots are going to be, they're not going to have as hard a path as the Chargers. It's very possible the Chargers miss the playoffs again with Justin Herbert. So to pick them for the Super Bowl, <laughs> that's a stretch. You and don't you like at, my dark horse. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people like the, the, the Chargers. There's people who are picking them to win the Super Bowl. But I don't have I, that much faith in them. Yeah. I don't like them. I wouldn't be. Too surprised? I'd be a little surprised they made the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they made the playoffs. But I wouldn't I wouldn't pen them into the playoffs. I'd write it lightly in pencil. And then um you know, looking at uh <laughs> overrated. Um yeah, so who do you think's overrated? Underrated, whatnot. Let's get your ideas. I, I think an overrated team this year. I think what's going on with Miami is a little overrated. Everybody's going gaga over Tua's progression and how he's you know, uh, progressing as a player, adding Tyreek Hill. But I, I think there's a lot of smoke there that they're blowing, and I don't know that there's a lot of proof yet. And I just, I'm not buying the Miami hype right now. To see that throw they put out of Tua to Tyreek Hill, where he underthrew him by like three yards. They were trying to promote how to, you know the two at a Tyreek and he like underthrew him on the on the highlight pass they put out. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Miami obviously they're not getting the love that the Chargers are getting, but they are getting more love than they should get. Right. Um especially with Tua. Unless Tua suddenly comes out of nowhere 
Um, like, Mac Jones has a better chance of breaking out, in my opinion, than Tua. I don't think either of them are going to have any sort of super breakout season this year. But yeah, I'd, I'd be more likely to see that out of Mac Jones than out of Tua. Even though Tua's got the weapons, but you got to be able to get it there. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I agree. But most accurate passer in the NFL. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, in the NFC, is there a team that's uh, more overrated? I didn't pick one for each conference. Uh, I had two in the AFC. <laughs> two in the AFC. I didn't have anyone for um, for the NFC. Maybe the Packers, just in that everyone still thinks they can make the Super Bowl, despite all the evidence to the contrary, that they probably won't. Although now that I say that, they're probably going to just because just because, just because the football gods want to spite me. Um, but like, who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? Right, he'll still put up numbers, but like that's the big question. They couldn't. They had a huge problem with Devontae Adams last season because he was the only guy they could throw to, and teams were able to key in on that and stop them. And then Aaron Rodgers kind of choked a little bit this year, and he's done that a few times in the playoffs in recent years. So why do we keep picking the Packers when recently they have about as much playoff success as the Chargers? <laughs> um, at least in terms of getting all the way, the Packers have been actually to the NFC Championship game a lot of times. True. Much better than the Chargers, like, twice, I think, in the last 15 years. But, like, what are you seeing out of the Packers that makes you think they can get to the Super Bowl? They're worse than last year, and they bowed out earlier last year. I think their their defense may be marginally better, but their running game yeah. is not better. Their passing game is likely not to be better. Yeah. It's not a huge step back, but they took a, a step they back. They took a step back. And, and so you're going to be relying on a lot of unproven product. Lazard is he going to be your Romeo Dubs? Is he going to be your leading guy? Yeah, I mean he has potential, but he's not there yet. Yeah, they're going to be a good team. They're probably going to win the NFC North. But like, what are you seeing that's going to get them through the playoffs that they couldn't do last year or the year before or the year before the year before that <laughs> going all the way back to like 2010? I just don't see it out of the Packers. I see the, I see a good team with a great quarterback. But I don't see them getting through the playoffs. So who – trying to predict, like, the overrated, underrated – well, we haven't really talked – we talked dark horse teams, so, so that'll be our underrated picks. Yeah. But Super Bowl. But what about MVP? Like, what, uh, what, what player is going to stand out this year? Who's, who's in a position to be the MVP for the NFL? MVP is tricky because you have to talk about storylines – and how good they are. Because that's just how the media does MVPs. That's why Derrick Rose has an MVP is because of storylines. Mm, yeah. So, and also kind of Russell Westbrook. Um, and then in the NFL, I don't know. There was a year where like second year quarterbacks were the thing for like back to back years with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That's why Kyler Murray, like the next year, he was a second year quarterback. So tons of people bet on him because that was the thing. Second year quarterbacks winning MVP. Um, but honestly, when looking at those two things, I think Josh Allen has a really good chance of winning MVP this year. Um, I know he's one of the favorites, and I usually don't like doing that because, again, consensuses are a bad thing to follow when trying to predict these things. But, you know, he hasn't won MVP before, which is a huge deal. People don't like giving MVPs to people again and again. I mean, it just happened with Aaron Rodgers, but that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady hasn't won in a while. So, even though he's been statistically good. So, you know, he hasn't won it before. 
He's got that narrative of you know being the next thing for the Bills. Uh, the Bills could have the best record in the AFC, which is a huge factor in my opinion. It's why Aaron Rodgers won it over Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady was statistically better. Aaron Rodgers had the number one seed. He wins the MVP. Better record, yeah. So that's why I think Josh Allen has a big thing because he could have a lot of wins. Will be statistically up there with the best if he's healthy, passing and rushing. That'll be a thing people fawn over in the MVP conversation. Is oh, Josh Allen does both. He does a lot of passing and a lot of running. Um, and so there's just all those things. I think it it's playing out very well for a Josh Allen MVP season. I I like that pick also. Um, because as I said earlier, I've I see Buffalo as the best team coming out of the, the AFC going to the Super Bowl, best player on the best team. I don't normally like that argument, but I think that they are there because of Josh Allen. Yeah. If I were to give a dark horse MVP candidate, Derek Carr could be an interesting one to watch. With the with Adams moving there, teaming up with his old college buddy, that uh, Raiders team could be a really interesting team to watch this year. They had a lot of distractions last year, and they still came through with a decent record considering massive distractions on that team, both on the field and off. Yeah, made the playoffs over the Chargers. Right. <laughs> and the Raiders got better. Yes. Probably more improvements from the Raiders than the Chargers. And so that's why when you look at, you know, the Raiders were kind of one of my underrated teams. Not that I, not that they were dark horse Super Bowl, but... Underrated that they seem to be one of the, you know, picked last in the AFC West. Them or the Broncos, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Would be surprised if the Raiders finish second or even win the division. Wouldn't want to predict that, but it could happen. It could happen. They said the Raiders got better. And Derek Carr, I don't know if I could pick him for MVP unless they do win the division. That could win Derek Carr MVP. Is leading them to 11, 12 wins. If they win that division... <laughs> Then you have to strongly yeah. consider Derek so Carr. That's as the a situation MVP. where yeah, that's a situation where Derek Carr could win it. Um again, I wouldn't want to predict that. And my thing is Dark Horse MVP candidates are well, I mean, before the season you, you can kind of have a Dark Horse MVP candidate. Although once you get to like week seven, there's no such thing as a Dark Horse MVP candidate anymore. Because <laughs> usually you've already decided it by week seven or eight. Yeah, it's true. Or at least the top three. At least you're you're right. It's very narrowed field now. So you can predict the MVP. After the season's over, you can predict the MVP with almost one hundred percent confidence. Because everybody's already decided it, even the last three weeks. Like that's, that's why it's kind of a shame. Like you, there's no longer any drama as to who's the MVP. The only drama you get is like right now when we have no clue. Yeah, but it's all open. Or like the totally first open field. Or like the first two or three weeks. You know, Jameis Win- James Winston MVP when he started off week <laughs> one last year. <laughs> it's like no. No. Or all the Kyler no. Murray for the first six weeks, or Russell Wilson for the first seven weeks. Uh, old face, new place. Um, Russell Wilson in uh, in Denver. Do you think it's going to work? Oh yeah, it'll work fine. He'll, he'll do all right. Like I said, the division's going to be crazy. Any one of those teams could actually end up winning the division, and it's because they've all got good quarterbacks. They've all got good weapons. Um, none of them have terrible defenses. Some of them have good defenses. So it's just going to depend on some luck, who's the healthiest, and just 
good old-fashioned football gods having some fun. Well, could the same thing play out in Carolina with the Panthers? With, with Baker? Baker Mayfield? Oh, nothing close to what's going to happen in Denver. Denver will actually turn themselves around. Panthers just might be okay with Baker. Denver just needed a, a, a quarterback. Yeah, they had everything but a quarterback. The Panthers have a running back. And now Baker. <laughs> That's what they have. Yeah, not necessarily a huge upgrade, but it's an upgrade. And yeah, they have some defensive pieces, but so they'll probably be better than last season, especially if McCaffrey stays healthy, which I hope he does. I have him on like two fantasy teams, so he better stay healthy. <laughs> Personal reasons. Yeah, so he needs to do good and stay healthy. Yeah, the Panthers, be go- Panthers could be okay if... <laughs> I'm trying to think what their chances to win the division. They're not great because the Saints are still going to be decent. They won like nine games last year. Then the Buccaneers would have to collapse. That's the only way the Panthers really have a chance of winning that division. Yeah, it's not an easy path for them. They won't finish fourth. Or wait. Who, oh, yeah, Atlanta's the one. For some reason, I was thinking Atlanta. the Jaguars. I was thinking the AFC South. But the NFC South does have the Falcons, and they're going to finish last in that division. <laughs> uh, well, if uh, any other thoughts about the NFL as it's kicking off tonight? Um, 6.20 on NBC. I think that's just about it. Just football season is officially completely here now. Yeah, high school's been going for a while. College has been going now for a few weeks. Now the NFL gets underway tonight. Uh, it is the best time of the year. So we've got the full slate of Thursday through Monday, four days of the week, we have football. Or, wait a minute. Thursday, Saturday... What am I? What am I missing here? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Monday. five. That's like five. hold. Was, <laughs> <laughs> math's not my. St- I was trying to think like, all right, the two days. That's why we're in broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like. I was doing the math and then I went to like, all right, what are the days in between? I was like Tuesday and Wednesday. Wait, that's not. That's not three. <laughs> so. uh, five eight seven nine. Sorry, get, just getting to this text. Uh, is there any way to stream this game? I have youth football conflicts. Uh, if, if you're talking about the game tonight. Uh, I don't know. I think you, t- I, te- I think you texted that in way back when we were talking about Utah State. Oh, it, it'll be on the Mountain West Network. Sounds like somebody who didn't read my preview because I mentioned in there where you can stream it. Yeah, Mountain West Network is where you can watch that game online. Yeah, and you uh, can and you can get it on. I believe Utah State's athletic website will have basically an embed of that that you can watch. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, quick timeout on the full court press. When we come back, pick six time. Trying to predict the six things that might happen this weekend. Stick around. That's coming up next. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the best of Northern Utah's fireplace category help you update your home with Heat and Glow's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Heat and Glow has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. 
Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah, ChemDry of Northern Utah. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. It's the Full Court Press Pick 6. Ever since March Madness ended, I am so bored. Six things we think will happen this weekend. I don't know how the whole betting thing started, but it's fun. To be clear, we're not betting. We're just trying to predict what might happen this weekend. I don't know. Last week's uh, no, last week's thing cost me a bag of <laughs> nerd rope things. There might be some friendly exchange of treats or something like that. And it cost me the frame of my most prolific rider <laughs> your, award. Very famous. <laughs> and award. a piece of paper from the office here. So it cost <laughs> the, the company money. <laughs> your win is costing this company money. Uh. And ink. Okay, so three things we think might happen this weekend. Well, six things. Well, three from me, three from you, yes. They put them together, they make six. Uh, hey, that's since, the name of the game. Since I won, I'm going to defer and have Jason go first. Okay. <laughs> that's two weeks of me going first in a row, I think. Um, first one, pretty basic. Utah State points scored versus Weber State. So just Utah State. Uh, over under 42 and a half. Ooh, I am. I'm gonna take the under. I'm also taking the under. Uh, rushing yards by Calvin Tyler Jr. Over under 135 and a half. How much? 135 and a half. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, and then third and final one: touchdowns responsible for by Josh Allen tonight. Uh, so passing, rushing, receiving, returning, any touchdown that he has a <laughs> that he has a hand in. Uh, over under three and a half. Ooh, I'm gonna. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the over. Wow. Okay. All right. Fresno State is hosting Oregon State this weekend. Fresno State by .5. Hmm. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Ugh. So you got a tie. <laughs> or Oregon State <laughs> Tie or lose. Uh, who? Just name who will be the leading receiver for Utah State. Uh, yards or receptions. Ooh. You gotta specify. I will specify. I'll say in yards. Yards? Um I'm gonna go with Cobbs. Brian Cobbs. 
Okay, I'm going to go with McGriff. Uh, and then final one for me, the Mountain Mountain West wins over P5 opponents this weekend. Doing this thing again. <laughs> Who's playing? I got to set the line at 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. So well, I guess I have to take the over. <laughs> I have Fresno State beating Oregon. <laughs> Is that the only one that's being played or there are two? No, there's a couple. Okay. Well, let me I, I guess that's not going to change my answer seeing them. It's Air Force against Colorado. I'm pretty confident. I think that can happen. UNLV's not beating Cal, but <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a decent chance Air Force can beat Colorado or Fresno State can beat Fresno State and uh, Oregon State. Um, yeah, Air Force and Colorado. It's probably more likely. Yeah, one of those two is decently likely. I'm going to take the over. Okay, Air Force is favored by 18 points over Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't have a tiebreaker, but I understand you do. I guess it's my responsibility to come with a tiebreaker. I had like, I think I have six or seven You've got potential picks. <laughs> yeah, I've got my three and then backups and a tiebreaker. Uh, so the tiebreaker, predict the number of yards Tom Brady throws versus the Cowboys. It's just straight up pick a number. Easier to do a tiebreaker that way. Mm, Tom Brady yards versus the Cowboys? Yeah. So it's a Sunday night football matchup is the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Just predict how many yards Tom Brady throws. Whoever's closest wins. Um, 241. I have 278. Mm. Again, the unsporting thing would be to pick 242. But I, I have a number here, and I have to go with that just to be – got to make this fun. Right, okay. Because if he throws in like the 260s, then it gets interesting. Yeah, that's true. I gotta see if there's a tie potential. What, what yeah. did you say again? Two forty-one. Two forty-one. I don't think a tie is possible with that. Yeah. It would be interesting to tie on the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Next down the line. All right. So that's our pick six for this week. We'll recap it on Monday. See how close we were, and uh, yeah, see and recap the things that happened over the weekend for the Mountain West and the NFL. Another quick timeout. When we come back, some additional thoughts for Utah State and uh, Weber State also. Catching up on some uh, former and current jazz men involved in some international basketball. I'll update you on that next in the Full Court Press. Boys and Girls Club of Northern Utah invites you to form a team and play in their second annual scramble for the Structure Golf Tournament. It's set for October 3rd, 10 a.m. at the Logan Golf and Country Club. The $1,000 foursome fee includes golf, cart, and prime rib lunch after. All proceeds go towards creating a new Boys and Girls Club structure in Cache County. Contact the club in Brigham City or call Jenny Schultz at 435-723-6224. That's the Boys and Girls Club Scramble for the Structure Golf Tournament, October 3rd. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204. Today. See store for details. Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York. Install confidence. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. 
Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Mountain West Motor is Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure. Check out their what they have on their lots right now or check it out online, mwmotor.com. So a number of current jazz players, new jazz players, uh, playing internationally. Uh, Laurie Markinen, uh, great showing in his game against uh, the Netherlands. Um, been a big, big showing for him in just a short amount of time. Uh, what was it like? Twenty-two points. Uh, I can't remember the exact line. <laughs> I, I had it. Now I've I've moved off of it. I can pull it up. I have some of this stuff. He's doing really well in the in the Eurobasket, I think. Or there's World Cup qualifiers, and there's also Eurobasket that's going on right now, I think. Yes. So, yeah, so Laurie was playing, and he's a new player coming over from Cleveland. Um, he showed out well for for his home country of Finland. Um, yeah, so against, against the Netherlands, he had, in 18 minutes, he had 22 points, uh, only three rebounds, began the not too much to do in 18 minutes rebounding-wise. Um, went four of six from three, 7-11 overall. Nice I saw some highlights. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah. But against the Netherlands. Yeah, he's – yeah, there's there's people that are overreacting. Some people I know that are overreacting to these lines because you look at the three jazz players that are in Eurobasket, at least the ones that I'm – for sure I may have missed somebody. Um, there's a lot of international, but I think these three are the only European ones specifically. Um, so Markkinen, he's averaging almost 25 points a game in like five games. Uh, Fontecchio is averaging almost 20 in four or five games. Then Boyan Bogdanovich is about 18, 18 and a half. But people are overreacting to Fontecchio and Markkinen because like they're doing really well. But again, this is European Consider basketball. the competition. Yeah, the, it's it's like if they went under the G League, they put the, they'd put up these numbers because they're clearly better than the competition they're playing. But, but that is also encouraging that they are playing well considering the competition. If they were giving us low numbers against that level of competition, there'd be heightened sense of concern. Yeah, it is nice to see that they are capable of these numbers. That is a it's a not bad sign. But don't overreact to this because they're not going to come to the NBA and do this. Markman's good for about 14, 15, depending on his role. Last year he was, I think, around 15 points a game. In a, in a lower role. He's not going to do what he's doing here, where Fontecchio and Markkinen are basically the best players on their team. So, of course, they're going to do this. Right. You know, somebody's got to put up numbers, and these guys are doing it because they're good basketball players. Right. There's reason they're in the NBA, especially Markkinen. But don't think they're going to walk in and be stars. I mean, I, I saw one person that said that the front court of Jared Vanderbilt, Laurie Markkinen, and Simone Fontecchio is going to be a problem. Problem for who? The Rockets? <laughs> not, yet, not yet. Like not that's yet. that's probably the worst front court in the NBA, right there. If that's you're starting three guys, you know, small forward, power forward, and center, that's the worst front court in the NBA. Very unproven. Yeah, one guy who's fringe NBA in Fontecchio, Vanderbilt, who's a bench player, and Markkinen, who's a fringe starter. Don't overreact to what's going on right now. Please enjoy it. Please enjoy it. Yeah. But don't overreact. Don't to overreact. It. It's, it's nice to see it. It's good to see what they're doing. 
by the way, the, the Utah Jazz and the Cleveland Cavaliers finally officially announced the trade with Donovan Mitchell, Colin Sexton, and uh, everybody else. So it's now official. It's done. And so are we.